Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Development. I, I know you've been trying to track down Rubio for quite some time. Mark Rubio has indicated there is more whistleblowers that we have not learned about as it relates to UFO. He was caught in an interview today indicating what his thoughts were as it relates to News Nation as it goes into the conversation of David Grass. Just hours ago, we finally got Rubio on camera and what he said, it is big news. What's crazy about this story is the fact that it relates to some confirmation for David Grass. So let's get into what he says and what it could potentially mean for the next chapter as it relates to UFOs. But a lot of this has to go back to the David Grush story as it relates to whistleblowing. I think that's really where we go in as we indicated that. Air Force veteran, former member of that task force, and veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency is formally blowing the whistle on secrets he says no one has ever shared publicly before. So I think firsthand when we look at this interview, what's really interesting is it hasn't really been picked up by a lot of other news sources. So I think, you know, the Marco Rubio interview is kind of reigniting the story. Now, what was really indicated and interesting within this story or the criticism that David Grish has is he's never seen any UFOs. He's never interacted with any extraterrestrial beings. What he's been absorbed is the second source of information. So meaning he's looked at documents, he's looked at potential photos, we don't know, but he in his self has never experienced this firsthand. So whenever this whistleblower went through the proper chains of protocol, he submitted it to the right office within the Pentagon and the Pentagon released it and they told him what he could release. Now, what we do know is he has been presenting this information to Congress as it relates to a classified setting. So whenever we look at the information that he has presented, what we have to understand is what we're learning about it is the information that is deemed unclassified. Now, whenever I think about that, that's probably what adds more validity to the story for me based on the information of what he's indicating. So it's almost like what is being said and what is not being said is indicating the truth, if that makes sense. So we have this discrepancy and a breakdown of information from what he is not saying. And I think that's what adds to this story about UFOs. So why are we talking about Mark Rubio today? Well, Mark Rubio has indicated in an interview, and I can go ahead and play a clip with you shortly, kind of getting into what he's specified as it relates to this story. Washington correspondent Joe Kalias wrapped up an interview with Rubio uh, a little while ago. He joins me live now. All right, Joe, th- this is quite a development. I-, I know you've been trying to track down Rubio for quite some time. I don't think any of us expect him to say something this explosive uh, break it down for us yeah it was a big deal brian and so and i think whenever you look at it from what he said and i can play a little bit more information on him but before we kind of get it cued in i really want to put forth what it means that mark rubio is now indicating he's a part of this saga of us ufo whistleblowers now whenever we look at david Gresh, because he's because he is part of the IC community, there's not a lot of information that you can track on him. I can't, you know, it's hard to look him up on LinkedIn, determine which 
um, circles he's been a part of and, and track him down via social media because naturally he's going to have limited access to seeing that. And this could be why we don't get as many interviews with him. He's had this natural disposition to stay away from information. His whole life has been built on kind of being a part of the intelligence community and not talking about what he's went through. So when we have Mark Rubio in this interview coming out, what it does is, like I said before, it indicates a point within this conversation that's kind of a transition. You know, we have we have a senator indicating that there's more whistleblowers, and then in fact, as a result of these more whistleblowers, this story has more depth. And before I play this, I think it's really, if you're not familiar with Mark Rubio, he's actually the Republican GOP senator from Florida. When we identify his credentials, it's important to understand that he was in fact a member of the Republican Party and he served as a state speaker for Florida, representing it from 2006 to 2008 within the, um, the state Senate. And he has held a seat within the Senate dating back to 2011. So it really shows the longevity how he's been able to be voted in in multiple terms. So what makes the story interesting and why it's relevant is Mark Rubio is in fact the chairman, the vice chairman of the intelligence um, committee within D.C., meaning... Uh, um, before we begin, just off topic, is not what you're here to talk about, but I've sort of pledged to myself that anytime we have any representatives of the intelligence community before us that I would... They see a lot of different um, situations that happen as it relates to intelligence, and they're also a part of conversations for information intelligence that need to go through committee hearings. So naturally, you need to be clear to be on this committee, so all the information is not always going to be public, and what it does is it opens up Marco Rubio to a different stream of information. So whenever we listen to this interview as it relates to his, um, I guess I'm going to say validity as or who he is within the Senate, that's why this, this, this interview is a little bit more powerful than most, and it adds some confirmation to the whistleblower David Gresh within the last two weeks. People that have come forward to share information with our committee over the last couple of years. I would imagine some of them are potentially some of the same people that perhaps he's referring to. I want to be very protective of these people. A lot of these people came to us even before these protections were in the law for whistleblowers to come forward. Sorry, people who have had firsthand knowledge, who claim to have firsthand knowledge of seeing this type of thing. Or, or have firsthand knowledge or firsthand claims of certain things. Uh, some are public figures, you know, and, and you've heard from them in the past. Others, um, you know, have, have not shared publicly. And so we're trying to gather as much of that information as we can. But I, and the reason why I'm being cautious, I'm not trying to be evasive, but I am trying to be protective of these people. Some of these people still work in the government. And frankly, a lot of them are very fearful, fearful of their jobs, fearful of their clearances, fearful of their career. And, and, and some, frankly, are fearful of harm coming to them. So that category of people who have firsthand knowledge, who say they have actually seen these kinds of things, do you find many of them credible? Well, I don't find them either not credible or credible because we have no basis about understand some of these claims are things that are beyond sort of the realm of what any of us has ever dealt with what i think we owe them is just a mature you know understand listening and, and trying to put these all these pieces together and just sort of intake the information without any prejudgment or jumping to any conclusions in one direction or another i will say i find most of these people at some point or maybe even currently have held very high clearances and high positions within our government so you start at you do ask yourself like what incentive would so many people with that kind of 
um, qualification, these are serious people have to come forward and make something up. When I hear that, what I'm really focusing on what's not being said. So now, whenever we look at this information, we really need to understand that it's not like you're saying, oh, there's tons of UFOs. Um, this is all, all correct. What he's indicating is that he knows people within the IC community that potentially know the whistleblower, and the stories are starting to come together and create a potential true narrative. Now, whenever we get this type of conversation happening, what it really indicates is we can determine, hey, like there could be some truth to this. And what is it? What does this mean as it relates to the whole narrative in the whole story? Now, I indicated earlier that as because Mark Rubio has some um, credibility, he's a senator. He's been a senator since 2011. No matter what your political views are, he still works in Senate. He holds clearances. He's gone through these processes as it relates to um, um, having this this level of responsibility to his committees of what he's hearing, and he's indicating, hey, I've been a part of meetings. I know people that hold high levels of clearances. Now, when people hear high levels of clearances, what we have to really understand is clearances represent a part of livelihood. If you lose your clearance potential, you can lose your job. And if you're in these type of high-level environments where you are working with this information, you always want to be really mindful of, of that. And that's that's really what he's indicating. And, and even more past your job is you could potentially be prosecuted if you give information away that doesn't need to give to be given away. That's what makes the story David Gresh so interesting as a whistleblower because he did go through those proper channels. Now, a lot of people are probably indicating why, but he had to because if he released too much information to the public, he could be, be prosecuted. Now, the only thing that I really have to say about this story is where is the whistleblower? I mean, we know Joe Rogan said, hey, you could come on this show and you could talk about it. And that's the highest stage. So when we break that down, it's almost like is him is the fact that he is not hopping on this media train and he's keeping the story really controlled an indicator of truth because he doesn't want to blow it out of proportion and seem like he is not a valid source, which is one theory. Another theory, is it a government-controlled um, drip of information where people are slowly starting to get more intrigued, more open to it, and the government officials are ratcheting up? Now we have an I, um, intelligence committee member, and we have um, Mark Rubio coming out and backing up potential truth to the story and saying, hey, we really need to have a mature adult conversation about this and determine where it can go. And I think whenever you're hearing that spoken to someone who is so conservative, so so focused on, um, you know, United States security, securing the border, et cetera, has a long list and career of really focusing on on very um, tuned things like we don't ever hear him talking about this kind of stuff. And I think that's where we're really getting the, the, the messaging of this is he is going to be talking with more people. He's gone publicly on record indicating this story has more validity. And it kind of opens up the conversation of what's next. I think like most people, we're kind of focusing on what is going to be the outcome of this situation, you know, and who is the next 
senior member or member of the Senate who's going to come out and back it up. And it, and the more information that gets dialed into it, the more we're going to be a part of this, this concept that I've talked about before as it relates to disclosure. Now, disclosure is this theory that you have post and pre-disclosure. And once you have actual disclosure, what you have to post is when there is proof that UFOs are real, that aliens are real, and extraterrestrial activity is happening. Now, if we break out this story right now, um, we look at social media apps, we look at our phone, it's like how many UFO, um, you know, depending on your algorithm, if you are very tuned to looking at social media, if you're very in tune with what happens on TikTok or Instagram, you're seeing these UFOs pop up in a higher frequency. You know, we look at that whole situation that happened with the Las Vegas UFO, determining if it's true or not. I really don't know. But but what makes the story interesting is how much um, political, how much media attention it got when you turned on. You had news coverage. You had it blowing up on on social media. You had a level of coverage right now that's happening that you've never had before. Now, I think this is potentially a reason why we're maybe seeing so much more information coming out in the government as it relates to UFOs, because maybe it's a soft drip. I've talked about this before. You take a frog and you throw it into boiling water and it jumps out. But if you slowly boil the water, it'll eventually cook it. Now, I know that's a very crude type of um, scenario, but it's really showing that slow drip of slowly getting people comfortable with what's happening with UFOs. And I always go back to the story as it relates to War of the World by H.G. Wells, which is a radio show. I've done a podcast on it. I went into detail, and my grandfather used to tell me about this story and how it would contribute so much to scaring people and influence their actual psyche. You know, to that point, aliens weren't really talked about as much as they are now. So as a society, we've kind of changed our mentality as it relates to UFOs or extraterrestrial beings, but you had people who were terrified and you had rumors of people commuting suicide. Now, I never really found, I did a research and a deep dive into it and I never really found that this was any, there's any truth to it. It was more of like an urban legend, but I, needless to say, we are getting to this point where we have more and more people indicating this could be a possibility. Marco Rubio isn't saying a hard yes but he's not saying a hard no, and he's indicating that there's more. So this is just one link in the chain of this story, and we're going to have to be mindful of what we're going to get next. Because if David Grish does not come back in the scene as a whistleblower, what it's indicating is there's other people who are verifying his stories, and that is the most important part of this whole conversation as it gets to the next step. Thank you so much for listening. I do produce, I do the research, I do everything on this podcast. And I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to appreciate the support. Go like and follow. Please leave a comment and let's spread the message. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll get back to you tomorrow.